what's up? We're back in the rah-rah room with OG Willikers. And it feels good to be here. This week we're doing something we've never done before. We're changing the format just a little bit. And the reason I'm doing this is because our special guest, our featured guest today, Max Klugerbell, is not your typical recording artist. He does so much more. He's an audio engineer. He does live sound. He works at the Candyman Music Store. He knows how to make you sound good. And he makes his money working in music. So he's living the dream. And I wanted to have him in here and talk about it a little bit. But he didn't have any recorded songs, anything he really thought would be appropriate to share. And we were kind of in a pinch because this show needs music. Without music, it's just talking. So I came up with the idea of reaching out on social media to all local or touring DIY artists to see if they wanted a song played. And the response was truly amazing. So I was only able to feature three this week. But now that I know that this format can work, I've got more special guests coming up. So without any further delay, let's get right into the interview. This is Max, Max Klugerbell. I'm here at the Ra-Ra Room. Ra-Ra Room, <laughs> yes sir. Welcome. Thank you for coming. You are a special kind of guest that Ra-Ra Room doesn't normally have. Special. Um, and that even though you are a musical guest, because uh, you are a musical person and uh your world revolves around music in a lot of ways. Um, you're not like a standard like artist who's pushing a product. You don't have an album out right now. You're not about to go on tour. Um, you're kind of more, more like behind the scenes with a lot of 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 what makes the music happen here in Santa Fe. So uh, you know, uh, let's talk about a couple of them. We'll mention the Candyman local music store. Mm-hmm. Um, you. Like, what do you do there in general? What's what's your day-to-day, like, the Candyman Music Store? Well, I've been there for a number of years now and started out trying to do a little bit of everything and still kind of do that. But uh, it's uh, it's something I'm proud of to be part of a, a local economy and a local shop that, uh, well, it creates a community. It sort of keeps everybody in a sort of local network. Um, it's easy these days for everybody to just shop online, um, but you don't get the same experience there. And also you're just putting money out of state, which is uh, something to be aware of. It's a it's a nice place to be, and um, I'm happy I'm there, and I get to meet all kinds of people all the time. So, Yeah, I mean, that's, that's probably the best place to be as a local musician if you're trying to know the other musicians in town be connected i mean half of this this grind as a musician is networking and and you know being in the mm-hmm. right place and getting those opportunities from knowing having different relationships you've built so that place is like the the center for that and when i was uh, much younger when i was more of a guitar musician and buying all my gear i haven't really bought much gear in the last few years it's when I was younger, I was collecting gear, and, you know, different amps and guitars, and I was in there all the time, constantly. Even times I wouldn't buy anything, they'd let me hang out because they knew it. I'd already bought so much stuff that they're like, "Oh, that guy's cool. Like, he buys it. He'll buy some guitar picks or like some <laughs> strings or whatever." And hey, you're not the only one. <laughs> you're welcome to hang out anytime. Yeah, it's just a cool place. Kind of like, oh, well, you got a show, and the, the old flyer board, you know. 
Yeah, there's something that's kind of disappearing about that in the world these days. Mm-hmm. Not everything can be sustainable online, so it's nice to have real connections with people. Yeah, and it's cool to go in there and just know people. Hey, what's up? What's going on? And like when I had that hissing problem we were just talking about before we started recording, mm-hmm. I, I was just building up the rah-rah room. This is years ago, and I uh, had everything set up, and there was just this hiss coming out of my speakers. I could not figure out what it was. I was looking up all these different things online. I go in, and Max is like, oh, well, here's here's this. Here. And he gives me this uh, little, uh, what is it? The, what is it called? The converter? A ground ground Interrupter. lift uh, adapter uh, don't do this at home <laughs> it's oh, yeah. not really the proper way to do to things do it, but it, it totally saved the pinch <laughs> it, like, it totally killed that hiss I'm like, yeah Dang, man i would have never known if i didn't go in there and uh don't get electrocuted yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well that's a big problem with audio engineering there's a lot of electricity involved <laughs> i haven't been killed yet <laughs> Yeah, cross your fingers. And you, okay, so that's a good segue into what else you do besides working in the music uh, store. You are a sound man. Audio engineer, you're yes. the sound man. <laughs> no, but you're like, you're Max the sound guy. Like, that's how I... Well, thank you. I know a lot of Maxes, so I haven't had no idea. Okay. So that you're guy. Max the sound guy. Even when cool. you called me today, it says Max sound guy. Like, Dang, <laughs> I've had this number for years. Yeah, well, that's something that... Um... Also, and that's a good segue to talk about why I even showed up in Santa Fe, but uh, I I ended up here in Santa Fe because of the College of Santa Fe, which had this really interesting music program that you can't find a lot of places in the world, and um, ended up studying performance, but also some studio work, and uh, ended up after school, getting a gig at Corazon, which is where we first met. Yeah, man. And running sound for various projects that you were in at the time. The State of the Mingo. State of the Mingo. Did you ever show up as OG? Yeah. Well, OG Willikers was in State of the Mingo. That's right. Yeah. 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 So technically. I was but not as a solo before. act. Okay. I don't know. I hadn't, hadn't branched out until after Corazon closed. Okay. So Corazon closed, as he said, and um, continued trying to trying to do that sound live sound engineering thing. And you did uh, the, the bar car, wasn't that you? Yeah, yeah. Did some stuff on the train. That was did, a crazy. Did setup. all kinds of stuff. So stuff on like the train. Four cars wired. <laughs> what, what was that situation? It was like there's the stage car. Well, I wasn't involved with all of that. But you but were we were, there though. I was you? there. Didn't, yeah. you do, didn't I bring you in for one of those shows? Because I used to actually yeah. call you. I'm like, I want you to do our sound. That's right. It's been several years. I know. Though. We're both talking about this. We're like, did it happen like this? Or <laughs> we should have done this interview years ago. Yeah. On the train, that was fun. <laughs> Parties yeah. on the train. Um, and then shows with um, SFAV doing bandstand stuff. I've been doing. Um, uh, St. John's Music on the Hill, some of the Los Alamos, um, Gordon Summer Series, and just all kinds of stuff in town. And uh, most recently, been hustling really hard at uh, Meow Wolf, doing a lot of their sound engineering with a really cool team of folks over there. So um, it sounds awesome there, man. That's, that's yeah, we're lucky of... to have really good equipment and have the budget to be able to do that. So I feel super oh, lucky to be a part of all of that. Yeah. yeah, playing on there is like, oh man, just the best feeling. 
is to play on that stage. And knowing <laughs> you were behind the sound, I was like, oh, nothing could be better, man. Oh, thanks. I endorse this man <laughs> as an audio engineer. Live yeah. sound is a scary beast too, man. Like I'm in here in the studio where everything's sterile and and controllable and I can change things and manipulate it. Live sound is not like that at all. It's this it's this crazy balance though, because I love that rush of taking a project, um, i.e. like live sound for a band or whatever it might be for the day and you know, really bust your ass to make it happen and make it as good as it can be for that day. Um, but what I get to do, what you don't get to do in the studio is at the end of the day, I get to wrap up all the cables, pack up and that gig's over. Um, whether it's an awesome show and I get to remember it like that, or if it's uh, less than ideal or, you know, somebody's not having a great day at the end of the day, that's all it is. It's a day. And I get to walk away from that. You That's have to actually, live with your recordings. <laughs> I'm sitting there like re realize, realizations like sinking in as you're saying this. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You have That'd to be nice. sit That'd with, be really nice. with however you mic that kick drum if it's not quite on access or off access. And Those headaches you, that you, you have can't to deal get with that. in mixing and editing. Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. And it's something yeah. where <laughs> you're never really done with mixing. You know, it's um, in the studio at least you could... You could really mix forever if you don't give yourself a timeline. When they or, say art is abandoned, not finished. Mm -hmm. Totally true in the studio. So with a live performance, it happens. It's over. <laughs> Hopefully you're done by like 2 a.m. Yeah, well, cool. So that's a great perk, <laughs> man. And yeah, you've been doing it for years now. You know, that's great. So you're definitely it's fun. skilled it's fun. and have and had a lot of opportunities. And you're actually being able to make make a little money off of it. That's really cool. It's kind of hard uh, to, to fun. be involved in music and make money even in any angle. So that's, you know. That's what it is. Though. It's it, an man. angle. You live in the dream. It's an angle. But yeah, I, I feel super lucky and privileged to be able to do that. Yeah. Dude. Cool. Yeah. Okay, we'll be right back with Max Klugerbell. But right now we're going to play a song from my friend Tommy Freed. We met years ago playing some shows. He was out of Denver. He has since relocated to L.A. He called in to uh, tell us a little something about it. So here we go. Hey, guys. This is Tommy Freed from Tommy Freed and the Sound. Uh, and this is my new song called Don't Hold On to the Night. Um, it's about a realization I had last summer that I was done kind of asking the evening for more out of the day and, you know, sitting, wishing, waiting, wanting more, and that I was going to pour into the next day and honestly just go to bed early and kind of party in the morning instead of at night uh, writing music and uh, kind of just working for the future.
The way that I came to sound engineering was first as a performer and um, would perform with certain groups in situations where we're having to deal with PAs and sound equipment where um, there's a lot of moving parts and pieces and what would make an enjoyable experience in terms or technically um, wasn't always the fanciest equipment or 
um, the neatest cable runs or anything like that. It, it always felt like the best sound was when you almost didn't have to think about it. Everything would come together in a live situation where um, you could you could worry about it at the beginning when you're setting up, you're setting up amps, you're setting up mics, you're doing that stuff, you do that check. And then uh, after that point, you want it to feel almost like you're in your rehearsal or you're in a living room that you're in a very comfortable space where you're not, um, where you're not worried about where you can be a musician or an artist. And so, um, when I come to sound engineering, I, I want the musician to be as comfortable as possible. Um, I want, I don't want to give them attitude. I don't want to, um, I don't want to tell them this is how they should do something. So if they tell me, um, a lot of sound engineers love to take a direct out of a bass amp. They tell me, well, I prefer you mic the bass amp. I, I like to respect their dis that decision or any other sort of sound decision they have because they ultimately they're going to know their sound better than I do. And while I might have some suggestions or best practices, um, what they're comfortable with is what's going to probably translate best for their music. So I like to think what I provide is a blank canvas in a way. Um, as clean as possible, blank canvas. That's um, what the artist wants to hear and what they want to see without um, without pushing them uh, too hard in any sort of direction. That's awesome, and that's like um, good. It's you're not letting pride get in the way, or or you know, like I know knowing better, you know, kind of attitude that that definitely causes friction and when artists are about to perform there's a lot of tension right there and oh, they're yeah. very sensitive right there's before they get energy. on stage mm -hmm. you know i know that myself too you know everything sometimes i get a little tense or too hyper or, you know just things come out of you right before you perform and so and hopefully things like that can cause yeah, bigger drama than and necessary. i have to i have to remind myself that sometimes but it helps that i'll perform i have folks that i play with and i perform with and know what that feeling is like and i think that's important to have that um that personal experience um i find that it helps me every day i do my job on that you can yeah. kind of see both ends looking at mm -hmm. it on both lights otherwise you could just you could like sink into like uh the opposite where you're just doing your job you're just doing your sound this is how you do it yeah i know better this is my place just yeah. get out of the way play mm -hmm. your song go home all right, cool. It's not a job up. you can do well um, if you, if you have that kind of attitude. So yeah, you know, yeah, it's hard. You have to be passionate about it. Just like being in the studio. If I'm recording an artist I don't like, which I haven't done that in years, actually, it's been pretty good. I've nice. been lucky to work with people I'm I'm into. But um, I've definitely taken some jobs I wasn't that into, and it's sure. it's pretty painful. I'm sure you don't get to pick who gets booked at all your gigs, so you kind of just have no, to do No, but I try to be as and... open as possible to whatever it is, and generally the stuff that I wouldn't normally listen to or wouldn't be into normally, um, 
if I keep an open mind, that live show is sometimes really impressive and I can appreciate them for what they do in that moment rather than the type of music that they make. So Yeah, well, it doesn't hurt their Meow Wolf, too, a lot of the times. So every show there is just better. I feel like, I mean, you've been there a lot of times, but every show I go there, it's it's like, it's a great show and it's a Meow Wolf. So everything just looks really cool. All the lights and stage props <laughs> and then you can get lost in the other room on accident. Well, and we really try to create a professional atmosphere in there where artists feel welcome and um, where things feel organized and not chaotic. And that's something that I've been working really hard with the team over there to to create that uh, that comfort for everyone involved so and i do hope it comes across um you know it's impossible to control certain situations but oh yeah yeah oh well that's great man that's so cool so how did you i guess you kind of said you started as a musician mm -hmm. and that's kind of what you got you into this place yeah you yeah i wanted to stay involved with, and yeah and, you know it's hard to make a living as a musician as you mentioned and um and i don't want to make music that um necessarily quote unquote pays i i know people who do that and i have respect for them for doing that but um i really like being able to make music and not worrying about how much it's going to pay at the end of the day and then what i do want to pay me i'm hoping to keep myself involved in music so I've done everything I can to stay involved, you know, got the uh, work at the music store, got work as sound engineering, originally was thinking maybe studio work, but ended up live sound engineering because the demand is uh, fairly high um, and have been sort of rolling with that and and enjoying what I got. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's super cool because, you know, there aren't a lot of great places to play in Santa Fe. I mean, it's not that there are no great places there are a few but it's not like no everybody has to get go, creative mm -hmm. yeah and so it's really cool that you're able to kind of be around all of that and 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 you're not just going to the shows to party you're like going to work but you get to you get to experience all this music as well so it's kind of a nourishing thing did yeah you, you get to have you, some fun too <laughs> like for me the reason i'm an audio engineer is because I mean, this all really started for me many years ago when I had my little punk band and we didn't have any money. Um, but one of us, like one of our parents had a four track tape recorder, like mm -hmm. a little Fostex. And we just said, all right, let's make a record. And we did. And it was awful. Oh, my God. But um, I'm sure it's awesome. Uh, but it was a lot of fun to make. And that was the Cut first to that time. music. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, the first uh, the first time. I got to learn about multi-tracking and playing with like layering vocals and you only had four tracks. So how mm -hmm. are we going to get the whole band on this and four tracks? And and it was fun, you know? And so yeah. that happened and I just kept kind of doing it because I kept making music and I kept needing it recorded and I kept being broke. So <laughs> it was like I kept doing it and it slowly, I finally bought Pro Tools and I actually went to school for audio engineering. I decided, all right, you know, this is this is my way I'm not going to be a rock star, most likely. So this was, you know, six, seven years ago. I'm not going to make my rock star dreams that I wanted. So I'm glad I didn't actually know that I've matured. But, um, you know, so I want to be involved in music. So this is why the Raw Raw Room exists. Why the Raw Raw Room radio exists. You know, I get to chat with musicians. So it's kind of became out of necessity. 
And that's why I promote shows mm -hmm. and why I can do Photoshop and why mm -hmm. I can do a lot of different things. It's all because I wanted to play a song in front of people and I wanted to find a way to make them see it. And so uh, it's interesting. It's you cool. know? And then, so it's kind of like you. You started being a musician. And I mean, you went to school and studied as well. But mm -hmm. how about before that? Was there anything... Uh, did you kind of dabble in it as a youth in any kind of yeah, yeah. And technical stuff? Um, not not uh, extensively, you know. Played around on GarageBand a little bit, um, but no, I've, I've been involved in music uh, for quite a long time. Started doing organized music stuff when I was probably in second grade. Is when I started and. It's really the only thing I've, no, I take that back. It's, uh, it's the only thing that when I was thinking about going to higher education, going to college, um, it was the only thing that really made sense to me. It, it had the biggest draw. It was like, well, if I can do anything I want at this point, this is what I would choose. Not the most practical thing, but, um, it was the only thing that was going to make me happy. So, Well, just to get a degree in something you don't like and then not use and then end up being like, you know, working in a restaurant or something and not have like a side thing because you well, went to school. Plenty of musicians for... do this. Well, yeah, I mean, I work in a restaurant, but um, yes. it's, you know. And there's it's, nothing wrong with it. But it's like the, I've seen a lot of people go to school for something they don't care about and then they don't use it and then they mm -hmm. end up. Like working in restaurants, an example, because you don't need to go to school for it. So it's like you went to all that school, and then um, a lot of people like straight out of high school go to college mm -hmm. and then get something they don't. That's why I took I took a while. I just Smart. focused on music, yeah. and then a little later I went to school for music and got me a job at Stepbridge Studios. You know, it was, a, it was actually a good uh, stretch in my life. So that was a great yeah. opportunity. That's awesome. And it's because I waited. <laughs> And now I'm like, should I go back to school? What do I do now? What's the next step? I don't know. What is the, the next step for you? I don't know. Are you uh, thinking about going episode. back to school? Seriously? <laughs> uh, you know, it always crosses my mind, but not too heavily. I'm just so busy doing the music stuff. I guess that was my goal. So for now, no. Okay. But there's always, I want to be one of those people who, you know, takes a class here and there. And, you know, there's always sure. so much great stuff to learn. I'd love to take another audio class with Jason Goodyear. Yeah. Um, even kind of to, to brush up, you know, yeah. like all these programs have updated so much. So I went to school and gear changes and plus you get to meet other nerds who like mm -hmm. that same stuff. I made a lot of friends just going to school. People I still talk to. About yeah, I think that stuff. was the greatest value of my education. Going to college at Santa Fe was uh, the network that that came out of that. And I mean, I ultimately made Santa Fe my home because of that, really. So. Yeah, it's kind of hard to um, lay roots here, I think. Maybe if you go to school here, you kind of have a built-in network that you're exposed to. But Yeah, I'm lucky to have that and branch out from there. Yeah, but just to like move here and not know anyone, I feel like this town is kind of a tight-knit uh, ecosystem. Yeah, so it seems like the people who end up there. here, yeah, they have to get in with some with some group. Yeah, and not in like a negative way, it's just I think it's just kind of, because this town is so is kind of small, so we all and a lot of us have been here a long time. So, so much is just it's pretty had friendly time to though. Establish. It's pretty friendly, yeah, compared to some places. I think. So. I think so too. Yeah, we're pretty nice to each other. Yeah, 
It's just funny you go to the bar and it's like, oh, there's my third grade. I grew I was born here. Yeah, know? yeah. So, um, you know, it's like, oh, there's my third grade teacher over there at the bar. Or, hey, I haven't seen that kid since uh, he stole my lunch money in middle school. Or, oh, you know, it's yeah. like crazy. Well, that was my dentist from the other, you know. Yeah, whatever. it is that size. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's fun. I think I like it that way, though. It is. I think it's... That's cool. That's why I need to travel. I can't. I can't mm -hmm. just be here all the time. That's why the traveling is really good for me. But this is home, so it's nice to come back and kind of reset. Yeah. Yeah. We play. Let's play some more music from one of our musical guests. Mike, check. Yo, is this thing on? Yo, what's good? It's Benny Browncoat. I'm representing Under the Crown and Desert Bandits, and I'm rocking here with OG Willikers in the Raw Raw Room. I want to give them a big shout out for playing Underground New Mexico hip hop. This song that I brought is called All The Time, and it's a tribute song to my father who passed away. I put everything I had into this song, y'all, so I hope you listen to it. Thanks, y'all. New Mexico, stand up. Dear God, I gotta know what you watch my father's soul. He left the physical world, but he ain't far from home. His sons and daughter notes. Remember the good times we had. It's hard to not cry instead and just lie in bed. We didn't always get along, but Dad, I loved you. Might not have always had much, but we had each other. You wouldn't have to say a thing if I could have you back again. You could smoke a pack of reds, Dad, and go back to bed to have you there. It's the work that I couldn't measure. I remember you sacrificing all your personal pleasure. You taught us not to be selfish, others first would be better I'll be thirsting forever, till I heard we're together Is it me, or is it not fair? You're always in my thoughts, pops, and I'm pissed off Because you're not here, wishing for A life that didn't feel like this is war Cause every day that passes, I just miss you more I miss you That I thought you'd be here forever, but you got so sick I guess this not no kid, did not know shit But it sucks to have to just go without your hugs and laughter If I had a wish, you'd be a flux capacitor So I could mastermind a plan to go back in time When family was back together and my dad was fine He told me I'd go as far as the stars if I let it Long as I work hard and I'm not hard-headed Since you've been gone, I swear things will never be the same I close my eyes and take a trip down memory lane I pulled myself back, I didn't 
was all the time by benny browncoat produced by ox audio yeah shout out to you guys under the crown all right let's jump back in with max so an- another thing that i've been involved with is with a local diy slash warehouse slash just house show scene in santa fe which i think is a fairly vibrant scene being that there's not a ton of um, traditional venues here. Um, there's lots of people who want to play music and they can just throw a show in their house or whatever it is. Um, so there's all these little places that pop up and some of them disappear. Some of them stay around for longer. Uh, Ghost and Zephyr being a couple of them. Um, that are really great place for people to get involved with music um, when they're starting out or just showcase uh, their music that wouldn't fare as well in a traditional venue. And I think that's uh, a really good point there is that um, the traditional venues in town, they're either catering towards higher energy music, um, places like bars that need to pack the place and the volume needs to be really loud or towards and that can be dancing or you know whatever type of music that there's um and the um so the the diy stuff falls into this really cool um space where obviously nobody in that scene or and who are doing those type of shows are really looking to make money, uh, make a living doing that, maybe pay for gas, maybe pay for food, maybe, maybe even pay for rent, but, uh, nobody's really doing it as an industry. It's really more, um, uh, because they love this stuff and they're catering towards smaller crowds, but, um, networks of, of, folks who want to come out and see music and be there for the music and that's what's really important you're showing up to see music and um not necessarily for the social aspect of it or just to drink or whatever it is so the the audience in these shows is a lot more captivated by the music than say playing uh in a bar and you're you're an acoustic folk singer or, or even a band and everyone's just talking and yelling over you. Yeah, and I the can say... The people there are there for that. And They're I can say to... from experience, like being on tour, showing up to a um, a bar where there's a couple people sitting at the bar or even a, a packed house where they're, they're more distracted with each other than, um, than knowing that there's even a band going on uh, rather than... Or showing up to a well-curated... Uh, house show and with uh, maybe a local band and 
all of their friends who showed up for that, that's going to be a more rewarding show. And you have people really engaging and watching you and um, paying attention to what's going on. So I think it's a really important space to, um, to check out. And, you know, if you're so inclined to be involved with that stuff, uh, it can sometimes feel intimidating. It, it might feel like people are, um, uh, clicky or that it's a closed network that, um, you don't feel welcomed in, but I would just say that it's, it's actually a very welcoming environment and it's a matter of, um, maybe making one friend or so who can introduce you to a couple of folks in that scene. And, um, well, it's always like that being an outsider in any group, mm -hmm. it always, you, you kind of get this sense of like me versus them until you, until you kind of break into it. And I think, uh, the reality is everybody's just a little bit shy. Yeah. People <laughs> so, sometimes say that about me, like, oh man, you came off as like kind of a, a jerk when we first like, met. No. You didn't really talk to to me like you didn't even want to like acknowledge me and i was you know it's like oh no i just didn't know uh that you wanted to talk to me like you yeah. know it's like i was just being shy i guess you know it's i'm not like extremely shy person but yeah. in certain scenarios yeah. we were at a wedding recently and like mm -hmm. my girlfriend and i were the only two people who we knew who we knew and everyone else were all these other people and we just kind of sit at a table like kind of discussing the, the situation like should we go make friends with someone or should we just stand here in the corner and stare at everybody. That's why we know you as Aloof Maloof. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but then luckily one of our friends came and it was all good. <laughs> no, that's, I know that, feeling that can be anyway. like a common thing and it's kind of a bummer. But yeah, these uh, DIY shows, that's great. I mean, that's like the spirit of Warehouse 21 when I was a kid, teenager. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Warehouse 21 now is like um, kind of a different beast now. Now uh -huh. they have their own building and it's uh -huh. kind of more established. It used to just be like this old warehouse covered in graffiti and punk kids running around mm -hmm. smoking cigarettes with like, the there were tracks were just right there. It was before they developed that pretty little park area and there was just like, you know, some bums in the park and teenagers smoking cigarettes <laughs> and it, was, it yeah. was cool though it had this like those spaces separation. are super important and i think a little of that still goes on down there but i'm not as vol so involved with warehouse or anything but um but i do what like what they do from. i mean maybe oh, yeah. even meow wolf i mean i don't know i don't i don't speak for meow yeah, wolf yeah, but I, I remember all those meow wolf kids the people who run it now mm -hmm. used to be like warehouse kids That's and right, then yeah. once we kind of became a lot of credit 21 and I won't too old for Warehouse 21, once you're over 21, they kind of like carried it on, but in their own way. Like, yeah, okay, now yeah. we'll, we'll start our own thing. And that's great. Yeah. Um, so cool. Warehouse is kind of like this, this kind of, these things to me are like echoes of, of what I used to see. I haven't been to many of these DIY shows. I haven't uh -huh. been to one in years. I've heard yeah. of them. It's like Zephyr and Ghost. They're like phantoms I hear about and I know <laughs> it exists, but I've never actually Just seen gotta it. Get in. Just got to show up. Anybody's welcome, really, which is what's so cool. Yeah. And you can, you generally have to figure out uh, about the shows. You'll occasionally see posters or promotion in publications, but you pretty much got to get on Facebook. That's sort of how it works, you know? It's like them on way. Facebook and then, yeah, yeah and cool. then you find out about these shows. Well, Ghost got taken over by um, Matron, Matron Records. Records. So yeah. now Ghost is the... She's really killing it, you know? She's, yeah, man, she's just a killer. taking taking over the town so i'm really happy that's happening oh i know that's, that's <laughs> beautiful work she's doing yeah 
And yeah, and we're all just uh, supporting each other, you know, and that's part of why I want you on here. It's not mm -hmm. that you have a new hot single you want to share and you're about to, you know, be the next top 40 artist. No, but you're one, of the, you're one of the guys who's been there working and it doesn't just take the uh, the front man on the mic to to build this. In fact, they're kind of, they get a lot of shine, but they're not, they're one of the least, I don't want to say least significant, they're very significant, but they're one of the like, they're just just as important as anyone else kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like they get a lot of sure. shine, the front, the, the people, the, the rock say, stars. Yeah, but there's yeah. a lot of people I'm like working for them. I'm not they're not. They're, no, they're I, I, as important. I was saying, it's like, this isn't right, but it's just <laughs> yeah. for the amount of um, exposure that, that like the bands get or the main artists or whoever's on the flyer. Mm -hmm. But it's like, there are like a hundred people behind that act. It's not mm -hmm. just the band, you know, the their producers it's their bookers it's the sound people you know sound is so important uh you we spend all this time working on our craft we make all these songs we do all this stuff work especially with our hip-hop beats we're actually mixing our beats and trying to make it sound good and all this stuff you go to a show and the sound sucks it's like mm -hmm. kind of the worst feeling and it's a thing a lot of artists don't even really think about because they're so busy about getting ready for the show yeah and, and they then, think that they have no control over that I mean, Which, that's why I would ask you, like, I need you at this show, man. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, a lot of times they don't have a lot of control over it. And, um, yeah, it's it's a bummer. It's a big bummer. It's hard to go to to shows a lot of times anymore um, because of knowing these things, <laughs> because of knowing how good it could be. Um, well, it's like, like the, not to call out a place, but it has this reputation um, in Albuquerque, it's mm -hmm. a big theater, and uh, it's like where all the big bands go. But it's like known that the sound sucks there. Like no, like it's not even like a like you just know that, mm -hmm. and you don't know anything about sound, and you know the sound sucks. <laughs> you just go because you want to see some people on stage, but yeah, you're not hear. It's like, yeah, it's like so. It's important. yeah, it's, it's important. a bummer and. Uh, a lot of times you can deal with mediocre sound and still have a really great time. I I tried to do that, but um, yeah, it's it's hard to go to some shows and just know well that just didn't sound good. And it's not just that the mix was off; it's like well the mix was so off it was bad. <laughs> yeah. So, but a lot of that has to do with uh, really like understanding a band's sound, but also the the system and how the system's put together. And so systems engineering is kind of an important thing that I never really, re I guess I always realized that it was important, but um, having the right equipment for what you're doing is, is important. And unfortunately, budgets for shows uh, sometimes dictate that you're not really going to have the best equipment. So you work, you do the best with what you got sometimes. And yeah, that's all you can do. That's all no you can do. No matter how prepared do, you are, something. That's all you go can wrong. do, but like, only do that for so long, and then really push for getting the right equipment. Yeah, I guess fair enough. Yeah, it's just yeah. in the moment. I guess you have to kind of like you have to deal surrender with it in to the, the situation, mm -hmm. or get pissed and then have the drama we were talking about earlier between artists. And yeah, yeah. I only fight with my uh, like artist friends like right before I'm performing. Like, or like that's the only time any of us ever have like any tension or whatever it's yeah. right before we perform and then after the show we're like love you man oh i love you too it's like this whole roller coaster to rock with a group and in any band i've ever been it's been like huh. 
yeah. Well, more intense shows, at least. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's high tension, for sure. Yeah. Well, I guess I got some more music because of you awesome Facebook people who had a great response to my request for music. Um, So we're going to play another one. What's up, Ra Ra Room? This is Carlo Armandadez from Santa Fe. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, This song we're about to play is a single I released last year called Tears of a Sugar Skull. It was recorded at my studio, Nightfall Studio, here in Santa Fe. Uh, Features the great Justin Bransford on bass guitar and myself playing guitars, keyboards, beats, and vocals. Uh, Check it out. It's available for download on SoundCloud. I hope you enjoy it. Peace.
That was Tears of a Sugar Skull by Carlo Armendares. I've had the pleasure of working with him in a session before, and he's definitely a talented multi-instrumentalist. Thanks for having your song on the show, man. All right, we're going to wrap this up with Max. So what are you up to these days as a musician? Well, I'm working on a couple projects at the moment. Um, I guess I should definitely mention that several weeks ago, a band that I've been playing with for several years um, came out with a new record. Uh, the band's called Storming the Beaches with Logos in Hand. And the newest album that we just came out with is Bailiwick Refused. And it's a, uh, it's a world building project. I won't get too far into the story, but, uh, it's, it's a project that, uh, Luke Carr heads and now Caitlin Brothers is, is the other big part of, and they've been writing this music now for several years, um, and on this newest record, we played it as a four-piece, uh, recorded it live at uh, Cabby Studios, and uh, then did some vocal overdubs, but uh, mostly recorded it live. It's a fairly raw al album in that way, but we wanted to uh, play it as we performed it on, on tour um, as a four-piece, and it's a very interesting record in that it contrasts with our first record uh, so much because in our first record we had anywhere from 8 to 12 people on any given track and the mixing process um, it, it took a lot longer and was way more involved uh, the new record is is more raw in a way but we also have found field recordings that um, help narrate the story um, of this other world that we're talking about in this music. Um, it's definitely worth checking out. It's going to be a lot more mellow than our first record. The first record was uh, a lot higher energy in terms of uh, the number of percussionists and, and uh, electric guitar and all of this stuff. Um, the new record has acoustic harp and um, a couple less percussionists, but still some really fun stuff. So it's it's definitely worth checking out. So that's Storming the Beaches with Logos in Hand. Oh, I still um, haven't heard it yet, too. That's awesome. I got to yeah. check that out. And uh, let's see. I'm also very involved with Balkan Middle Eastern music. That's something that's been a passion of mine for... Uh, over a decade and Ooh, nice. it's something that I play percussion with and also do some singing in. So um, it's just a type of music that's very intriguing to me because there's lots of odd time signatures and scales and musical techniques that you don't hear in, in a lot of Western music. It's, uh, it's really fun. So I've been playing some brass music with some folks in town that um, are also into that, and we're getting into some more um, original tunes. So we don't have a name yet, but you might want to look out for that at some point. Nice. When when you do have a name, let me know, and I'll I'll talk okay. about it on the show. Okay. Cool. And then uh, we'll update to this episode. 
Yeah, and then for the last couple of years, I've also been playing with the Partizani Brass Band, which has just been a really fun second line style, sort of New Orleans um, brass band. Played the bandstand for several years. This last year, I've been so busy that I've had to bow out of a couple gigs, so I didn't play with them this summer. But um, but yeah, yeah they're still there. Was involved. that the one when I saw, I saw him playing and I was looking for you? But it, yeah, is yeah. that the, that same band? Yeah, but you might have seen us around town before. Uh, uh, yeah, you guys came into one. the bar I worked at that yep. one time. You guys just burst in there, started, started standing playing. on tables, and yep. like just totally that was us. took over the vibe. So I really like that kind of music because it's really uh, sort of guerrilla street performance, and it's it's all about taking back the streets for the people. So. Uh, it's it's a very different way to present music, and it's a lot of fun. It's cool, man. So that, that's what I like. Uh, it's cool talking to you now. A lot of all these non-traditional ways to be in, uh, involved in music and to be an artist. Like you don't have to be a, in a band. Or, I mean, you are in a band, but you don't have to be mm-hmm. like that standard. Like, oh, let's go on tour. Let's let's get signed. Let's be on the radio. You know, there's there's so many ways to interact with music and still have really fulfilling life doing it. Yeah. Oh, you're a great example of that. It's great to have you on, man. You're lucky to be a part of it. Well, that does it for episode 24 of Raw Raw Room Radio with OG Willikers. Thanks to Max Klugerbell for being our special guest. A big thank you to the DIY artists who supplied the music for this episode. Shout out to Tommy Freed in the sound. Shout out to Benny Browncoat. And shout out to Carlo Armendares. Make sure to check the show notes for links. Make sure to follow us at Raw Raw Room Radio on SoundCloud, iTunes, or any of your other podcast hubs. Go to ogwillikers.com, O-G-W-I-L-L-I-K-E-R-S.com for anything I'm involved with, Outstanding Citizens Collective, Raw Raw Room Radio, or just plain old OG Willikers. All right, that's it. See you next time.